Lord, do you love him tonight? Oh, what a wonderful Savior. Mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Everything we need him to be, isn't he? Amen, amen. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Look at somebody and say, you look better when you come to God's house. Amen, amen. Keep standing. We'll go right into the word of the Lord here tonight. Amen. Uh, growth class one can be dismissed. Growth class one, the other two are staying in here. So if you are going to growth class one, now's a good time. All right. Amen. First Peter 5, 12, and 13. First Peter 5. Verse 12 and 13. Can you see it plainly and clearly, everybody? All right. Amen. By Sylvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose, I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. Verse 13 said, The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Marcus my son. Doesn't look like a whole lot here to talk about, but... We'll take a few minutes and see what the Lord hopefully would like to give us tonight. That last verse said, the church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluted you. I want to preach to you about the church at Babylon, salute you. They actually are saying, praise the Lord, looks like. That's, uh, that's our uh, form of greeting each other as saints many times, isn't it? Praise the Lord, brother. You salute somebody, you look at somebody, shake their hand, say, praise the Lord, sister or brother, will you? Go ahead. Well, I can't hardly hear you, my Lord. Turn my microphone, I mean your microphone up. All right, you may be seated. Thank you for standing. Kenneth Morgan, a preacher back in the 70s, I'm thinking it was, preached about the saints of Caesar's household. Say, praise the Lord. And I was sitting with Brother Lane Galloway last night, and I suppose about every time I greet him or speak to him, the first thing he says is, praise the Lord. That was been a greeting for, for the... Uh, church people for a long time. I don't say it probably as much as some people say it because I don't want to just say it. Right? I want to think about what I'm saying. Isn't that right? I don't want it just to be uh, just to be habit, but uh, if you want to say praise the Lord, mean it. Isn't that right? So, uh, so with 
him confirming what I was thinking, I'm going to say the church at Babylon says, praise the Lord. This was a, a, the salutation from the people at Babylon. There's a lot of writings on really whether there was a church or not at Babylon. Uh, but the King James Version added that word, church that is, to the, to the, to the King James. And so the, I'm going to say the people at Babylon or the church at Babylon, just like the King James said, says praise the Lord. Now, Matthew Henry wrote, Peter was at Babylon in Assyria when he wrote this epistle. Who can tell really where he was? Another commentary allegorically of Rome uh, was the most corrupt seat of adult, uh, idolatry and the enemy of Christianity. Babylon the Great stands for a world system more universal than that even of the Roman Empire. Get a picture of Babylon. Mankind organized apart from God, perhaps uh, it was a, a symbol that stands uh, formally for the ungodly religious, political, social, economic systems that humans created. So Babylon could include the world, right? Uh, John wrote, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Amen. So when Peter was saying the church that is at Babylon, he's saying the church that's in this world in one sense of the word. You got me? Maybe again it was a group of people that gathered together as a church body that is sending to all of these other people that Peter is writing to, this, uh, this, th this group that he chose out, I think the first, the, first, uh, the first chapter and the first verse told us who they were. Now, in fact, he said, one and one of First Peter, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Bithynia. Now, he is writing and sending this salutation to these that scattered abroad. And he said, in verse 2, he said, to the elect according to the foreknowledge of God. The elect simply means not necessarily you have an election and you, uh, you vote on somebody, but the elect simply means picked out or choice or select the best of its kind or class. Excellence preeminent applied to certain individual Christians of that day. The elect. Oh, I'm, I want to be the elect when he calls us out of here. I want to be among that select group that he... Uh, He's gathering together. He wrote, to, he wrote to strengthen and encourage the saints in the trial of their faith. You can read 
uh, 1 Peter and, and, and find a lot of this that I'm saying here and to prepare them for a future fiery trial. You've heard that word coming out of the book of Peter's. Peter's message also taught them how to respond. It seems like more so how to respond to persecution than a whole lot of other things. Than maybe just worldliness, but persecution was the problem for the New Testament church. It wasn't that they wanted to follow what the world had to offer because many of them had seen the cross, if you will. Many of them lived in the day of resurrection. So, oh God, if we could get back to seeing the cross again, it might change our mind about what we think about holiness and what we think about living for God. Help us not to get too far from the cross. Isn't that right? So I don't think they had problem with worldliness as much as they did persecution. First Peter is a letter from Peter to the believers who had been dispersed throughout the ancient world and were under intense persecution. If anybody understood persecution, it was Peter. He was beaten, threatened, punished, and jailed for preaching the word of God. You remember reading some of that in the Bible? That's true. He knew what it took to endure without bitterness and without losing hope and in great faith live, living an obedient and victorious life. Thank God for the man of God that came to us and left us a letter to tell us how to overcome, what to do in persecution, and he was not just somebody that's spouting off. He had been there. Amen. He had been there. Every chapter of 1 Peter speaks of trials and sufferings and, and taught that the seventh verse of 1 Peter 1 said that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That the trial of your faith our, oh yes, our faith, he went on to say, is more precious than gold. Don't lose your faith over gold. Don't lose your faith over the things of this world, Paul was saying. And verse 9 of 1 Peter 2, but ye are a chosen, there that elect word is again, isn't it? A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises. Oh, yeah, I'm hearing somebody say, praise the Lord. Of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let me tell you something. Everything that is not, that is not, does not line itself up with a plan of salvation is darkness. I'm glad I saw the light. I saw the light. No more in darkness. No more in night. Now I'm so happy. No sorrow in sight. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. I remember Brother Thomas Stanton come up here and sang that. He never could keep the right rhythm on it, I think. But uh, 
He could sing it and feel it while he was singing. Now, now, but because persecution was beginning to threaten and rumble on the horizon like a rising thundercloud, it was the it was the more needful in Peter's time that Christians that were separated by seas and by race and by language and customs that had been separated and strangers to where they were going, that they should draw together. He said, the elect be to being together. I want to tell you something. Elected together. That's what I read to you, the fifth, the 13th verse. And so if we ever get into persecution, the way we're going to make it through, one way we're going to make it through is stick together. I feel sorry for churches that don't have unity. I feel sorry for pastors that don't have unity. and They don't have revival for one thing, most normally. And then they're not going to be protected from the persecutions of the world. Oh, I'm about to preach to you. The Bible said, the godly shall suffer persecution. Now, in the end time, there's a lot of things that's going to happen that we can't pray out. We can't pray away. Earthquakes, pestilences, famines, persecution. A lot of those things are simply going to happen because it shall come are you with me? It shall come to pass. You might not can pray them away, but I can tell you, you can pray through them. And you'll come out on the other side saying, come on, help me out a little bit. Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. J. Vernon McGee, an old preacher from, from way back now, I can remember the day and time when he was on radio, but he said there was a, at this time a large colony of Jews in ancient Babylon who had fled from Rome, from uh, who had fled Rome due to severe persecution under Claudius. And at the time of writing, bloody Nero was on the throne. Descendants of those Jews taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar was still living in and around Babylon. So some of them had gone back to where they came from. But there were those that were raised in that 70-year period, if you will, when, when they grew up there. Let me tell you something. You better stay out of Babylon. If you want, don't want your children to have to suffer the persecutions of Babylon, you better stay in the church. I didn't plan on saying that, but I think I'm going to do it one more time. You better stay in the church. I've seen people over the past... All my life, actually, I was a year and a half, as you heard me say before, probably when, when I was here. But I've seen them come and I've seen them go. I've seen some wonderful people get sideways and get sidetracked for whatever reason. They take their children out in the world. They may even get back, but sometimes their children don't get back. I don't, I don't know who I'm preaching to except you tonight and whoever's listening on radio land, they call it. <laughs> Right? You better stay with it. But their children had to face, it looks like, Nero and, 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 and captivity. The church that is in Babylon 
was in a very uncongenial place. Thank God, however, Babylon is so bad that no Babylon is so Babylonish, but that a church of God can be found and planted in it. Did you get me? In other words, it can be tough. Oh, you don't know this city. It's hard to build a church in this city. I'm going to tell you something. The power of the word is powerful enough that even in Babylon, there can be a church. Oh, uh, yes. No circumstances are so unfavorable that a godly church can't be built and grow. An orchid may find footing, somebody set up on a bit of a stick because it draws nourishment from the atmosphere around it and flourishes in the courts of our God. In other words, you don't do this alone. You don't do this by yourself. Some of you may live for God by yourself as far as your home is concerned, but you got the church that can nourish you and help you. Stay in it. So you come out on the other side saying, oh, yes. Hallelujah. So the church that is in Babylon gives encouragement as to the possibility of Christian faith being triumphant over adverse conditions. Let them come. Let the adverse situations happen. You can still be overcome. Y'all all right out there? Oh, yeah. Our greetings can be so light, so taken for granted, without thinking, just customary. But I think it should be with earnestness and thankfulness that he brought us out and kept us another day. Praise the Lord. Peter's probably writing this at the close of his life and wanted to impress on those of whom he's writing that if they can say praise the Lord being in Babylon, he said, you can praise the Lord anywhere you happen to have to abide. Oh, uh, yeah. Peter and John lived for God and praise the Lord, sang praises in the Philippian jail. So I say if they could praise the Lord in a dark, dungy Philippian jail, there ought to be some people at Bethlehem in a well-lit, warm place, saying, oh, come on, let's give him some. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes. The gospel had reached the sink of all impurity at this Babylon. There was a church there. Whether they were slaves or officials of the court, whether they were higher or lower rank, they witnessed the abominations of the loathsome, hateful life of a sin-sick society. The thought of a church at Babylon of people or people of God at Babylon suggests the penetrative power of the gospel. I'm going to tell you something. We live, I'm 75 years old, so I've been through a few decades, different 
decades. This is the worst time of my life as far as a sin-cursed world. I'm going to tell you something. Every time we turn around, they're voting on something that takes away our values. I don't, I, I'm not trying to be harsh, but I'm just telling you. It's carrying us down the wrong road. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you the truth. We've got to have a change. And the only way it's going to be changed is through the prayer and life of the church that praises God even in the midst of it. It's discouraging to, to hear the news of the day. But there is a church in Babylon. There's a strong church in Babylon. Let me tell you something. You don't have to, oh Lord, you don't have to compromise this message. You can stand for this truth without having a bad spirit and an ugly attitude. Isn't that right? And even though the temptations and trials come, we still have something to salute somebody with. The thought of a church at Babylon or the people of God at Babylon again suggests to us the power of the gospel. Romans 1.16, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Thank God for the penetrative power of the word. You, 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 know, you, know, you know one reason they have home Bible studies? is so you can take the word into that home and it starts changing the atmosphere in that house because the word of God is powerful. The old drunk, the old alcoholic, the old drug addict, whatever kind of sinner you may be, one sin's big as another sin, so to speak. But I'm telling you, when you take that word into that house, maybe they'll think the next time they decide they want to do something wrong because, hey, somebody's said some good word in here. The Bible's over there tonight. But the, the, the seed of the gospel a Pentecost is still producing fruit 2,000 years later. King touched tomb, I understand, perhaps accidentally, I don't know, but somebody dropped or planted or whatever into that uh, tomb of King Tut's, dropped into it a, a seed, and hundreds of years later, that seed decided to come up. I'm going to tell you something. In Egypt, and Egypt's bondage and the troubles of the day. And in this society that we live in, this Babylon society that we live in, the gospel still penetrates heart. It does do it. We baptized a bunch of folks last year. We saw a bunch of people get the Holy Ghost. I've walked around here, and it didn't take a minute hardly. Just lay hands on them, get the Holy Ghost again myself, and hear them talking in tongues. Hallelujah. Babylon is mentioned several times in the book of Revelation depicting the evil of its being. It's powerful. Babylon was powerful, but the word of God is greater. At first, at the birth of the New Testament church, they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. That's scripture. But in two years' time or so, indifference 
turned to hatred. And then hatred to persecution. The world hates us today. I didn't say everybody. I said the world, the world system, Babylon's system hates us today. But some of these days, it's not going to be just hatred. If Jesus don't come, it's going to be some persecution, right? But you know what? There's still going to be a praise the Lord church. Rome being also the most corrupt household in the world, the last place to find saints was in Caesar's household. But you know what? Uh, uh, Paul wrote to, I believe it was the Philippians, it says the saints of Caesar's household salute you. The saints of Caesar's household say praise the Lord. Nero's day, a prince, he was a prince that has far surpassed others in infamy as Augustus did in royalty. He was black with unnatural crimes. His ingenuity to contrive means of dishonoring Christians was tremendous. A man that, that tried three different ways of butchering his own mother dispatched her by a vulgar execution while in a petulant rage. That's the kind of leader they had of that day. That's the kind of church, uh, uh, that's the kind of area they lived in. But they said, praise the Lord. Try to comfort his, he tried to comfort his bloodthirsty temper by imputing fire to the innocent Christians who tortured his Christian subjects by unheard of torment, dressing them in skins of wild animals to provoke dogs to rip and tear them into pieces or wrapping their bodies in clothing smeared with pitch and set them on fire to light up the Roman night. But there were saints in Caesar's household that said, that's not quite good enough. Oh, yes. What are you saying tonight, Brother Wilson? I'm saying simply under any circumstances, if they could live through that and watch their kin folks get burned and tortured and torn apart, oh, yes, by, 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 by wild animals, come on, if they could say, praise the Lord, and every time we come to church, it ought to be, we ought to be so happy we're able. Oh, yes. There was heroic saintship there. There were saints being persecuted in, in Nero's palace. They lived a holy life. And I'm telling you, holiness is possible in all conditions, in the deepest of poverty, in the temptations of wealth, and, and even in an evil example that, that, that you, they're close to, holiness is still possible. You know what makes the difference? If you really love God or not, that's all. If you want something, if you want an excuse not to serve God, baby, you can find one. It's only going to be an excuse. It's not going to be a reason. It's going to be an excuse. And people are full of excuses, aren't they? But I believe there's going to be some saints. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The cultural pressures of this hour can cause us to lose our spiritual identity, our lifestyle, our dress code. But if you want to come out on top, keep living for God. Keep saying praise the Lord. Keep being happy about what you got. 
I want to be like Paul said, I'm set for the defense of the gospel. You don't make up your mind now, you will probably won't ever make up your mind. What did uh, what did one writer say? If you can't, if you can't contend with a footman, if you can't run with a footman, how can you run with contend with the horses? Right? Oh God, if we can't serve God when it's easy and when it's comfortable and when it's smooth and when it's good, how can we expect to serve God when it gets tough and when it gets hard? Yeah. Yea, and all that will live godly. I told you a while ago, 2 Timothy 3.12, shall suffer persecution. But evil men, verse 13 of 2 Timothy 3, but evil men and seducers wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Pastor talked about that the other day, didn't he? 2 Timothy 3.14, but continue thou unto things which thou hast learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, I'm going to praise the Lord while I have a chance. James 1 said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. One def definition of temptation by implication meant adversity. When you come into adverse situations, count it all joy. Thank God anyhow. Praise God anyway. Count it as a joy. Count it as a trial that you're going to get victory over. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Don't lose your praise. Paul said two or three times in one book, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. The church that is in it, in, that is at Babylon elected together with you saluted you, picked out, choice, select. I look back over a period of time. I look back over past what I can remember seeing myself. I probably didn't even see it or I, maybe I saw it, but I, I wasn't old enough to remember it. There was a lady, in, one of the first ladies in this church First, very first, the other one was Sister Geraldine, Geraldine Thompson out of, out of uh, Blue Mountain. Her and Sister Geraldine were together in a garden or somewhere out there and began to talk about praying. They started a prayer meeting, then started a revival right down here about where Brother Ronnie lives. And... Uh, and uh, this, this, this lady was abused, persecuted uh, for believing this one God, Jesus' name, message. I don't know what you think about it, but I got a feeling the Bible did say there's a great cloud of witnesses. I believe they're waving us on. Maybe this lady... I'm not going to call her name. I'd like to reach her family today and help them, so I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But I'm telling you, this lady may be over yonder somewhere saying, you can make it. I made it. I kept saying, praise the Lord. Another one, I think maybe come in a year or two 
later after the church was founded, her family gave her fits. Sister Joanna, you probably can remember even who I'm thinking about. Live not far from here. But this precious lady, I can see her now in my mind, if you will, as she had come into the house of God and praised God, getting it from every side in her life. But she kept on living for God. I got a feeling she's on the other shore tonight, Sister Bonnie, waving us on, saying, praise the Lord. I think of uh, Sister Irene Pipkin, one of the finest ladies in the entire world. She had a great husband, but, but, but for many years he was alcoholic, and he'd back me up if I was, if, if he's here tonight. He didn't give, I don't think he ever gave Sister Irene any fits about coming to church. He let her use that old log truck, <laughs> and she'd drive that old log truck about not far from where Brother Tony's sitting right now probably. This was before this building and before that next building. It was during that, well, maybe during that building back there. But she'd, have, she'd put it on a hill, Brother Benny, and she, uh, she, she uh, in case it wouldn't start, she'd put it in second or third gear and let it roll down and let the, let the clutch out and start that boom, boom, that old log truck. And kept on coming to church. She kept on saying, praise the Lord. Raising her children right here, right back there in the house of God. Yes, she did. And she's saying, praise the Lord. I wish she could hear me tonight preaching. She, she'd, she'd probably go to talking in tongues. Don't you imagine? But I'm telling you, there are some people down through the years that didn't give up because they were persecuted. They had trouble. They didn't have it easy. New converts, you won't always have it easy. But make up your mind. I'm going to say praise the Lord. Through it all, I'm going to say praise the Lord. We have this treasure in earth and vessels, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. I'm about to close here. We have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellence of the power of God may be, power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Sometimes through our problems, we have to outshout the doubt. Don't lose your song in a strange land. Pick up and go again. Be not, he said, weary and well do it. When you don't have help from home, you don't even have help from your family, your mama, your daddy, your, your husband, your wife, keep saying, praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. You know what Peter said in Second Peter, the book of Second Peter, second chapter 7, and delivered just like, vexed with a filthy conversation of the wicked. Delivered just like, Vexed with a filthy conversation of the wicked. Man, you can't hardly go anywhere without people's mouth being filthy, seem like, huh? 
for that righteous man dwelt among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. I'm telling you. But the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. I got good news for you. God's grace is designed for the worst day of your life. I'm going to say you can say praise the Lord anyhow. Oh, yeah. Andrew, Andre Crouch sung a song that says, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come only to make me strong. Sing it now. Through it all. Through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Oh, through it all. Through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. Verse said, I've been to lots of places. I've seen a lot of faces. There have been times I've felt so all alone. But in my lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus lets me know that I'm his own. Sing it now. Yeah. Through it all. Through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Oh, through it all. Through it all. Watch this verse. I thank God for the mountains and I thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for the storms He brought me through. For if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Stand with me. Yes, through it all. Through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Oh, through it all. Oh, yes, through it all. I've learned to depend upon his word. Sing it one more time. Oh, yes, through it all. Yeah, through it all. Through it all. Through it all. Through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it 
sing it just one more time with your hands lifted say it through it all somebody and say look two or three folks in the face and say I'm glad I can say praise the Lord 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 anyhow praise the Lord or I may be going through trials but praise the Lord I may be sick but praise the Lord. I may be in pain, but praise the Lord. I may be tempted, but I'm still going to praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. Give him a good hand. 